Welcome back. It's the All NFL Podcast right here on the All City Network. Brian Baldinger, the great Baldy. I'm Anthony Gargano. And uh, look, it's it's November, Baldy. Yeah. Uh, we got Thursday Night Football, which we'll preview in a little bit. But November, we have to find out about the true contenders. Mm-hmm. All right, because that's when the contenders kind of reveal themselves, Yeah, right? they do. So I remember years, for years I worked at Fox, John Madden was our analyst. You know, and he was the best analyst to ever do this job. And John used to say that the season doesn't start until there's a frost on the pumpkin. And you told that's me, awesome. you told me that's that awesome. the weather is dipping to what here in New Jersey? Okay, so tomorrow, uh, t- tonight, um, well, actually, what am I saying? This morning, I think I saw 28 degrees. Okay. so That's frost weather. All right. So 28 degrees is frost. Yeah. Also, the pumpkin. November pumpkins. We just, I love this. Like, yeah. That's like football weather. No, but I, I did. So it's November. It's November 1st or November. What was it? Second. Second. November 2nd. So anyways. So like we're literally three weeks away from Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving is just the mecca of football, I right? It, it, it always so this is the prelude to it, and so now you get these matchups coming this week, and you're gonna like these. You're to your point, the contenders and pretenders are gonna start to separate. Yeah, like they just are. Yeah, and you know you're, you're already seeing some teams making the run. Jacksonville's won five in a row. Cincinnati's won three in a row. Some teams already begun to stack wins, but that's what you're looking to try to do as a team. Well, lucky we're going into week nine and. Can I just pause for a second? The damn season go, goes by too fast. <laughs> no. I can't believe October's over. Like, I hate it. I, I want it to slow down. All right? <laughs> yeah. Like, college you? football, you only got a few weeks left. I know. Yeah. You're going to start, like, figuring out who's going to bowl games here. You know, Michigan, Ohio State's going to be in three weeks. You know? And that's, that's like, the always the culmination, the Iron Bowl. All those games are coming up. But, but this is the meat of it right now. I know. This is the meat where Sunday's, it's like, Thursday night. Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. This is the meet right now. This is when you have to just enjoy all, every angle of it. Whatever angle you like. You like the fantasy side, that's fine. Whatever angle you like, this is the time. See, I've always wanted, like, I like, I came up with the Gargano plan, right? All right. Which was, I, I told you about this years ago. Because I would always bend your ear that I wanted 18 games, double buy, right? Because they're going to go to 18 games to have yeah, to, right? right. Got to make it even. So then you would have the double buy. First half by, second half by, and then you play the Super Bowl in March. March. In March. So March madness <laughs> turns into March. When am I going to get my vacation right. time, cuz? You going to cut that out? March madness turns into March gladness. Oh, wow. Look at you. Because we got football. All right. Well, All right. I mean, look, that, that that's a good that's a plan, and I can see that actually happening pretty soon. Yeah. So, all right. So, let's talk about these contenders. 
Let's start in the AFC. We're going to go by division. We're going to go Baldy believes or Baldy is a skeptic. Mm -hmm. So we'll look at them. First, let's start with Miami and the AFC East. Dolphins, Dolphins, a true Super Bowl contender in your eyes. Yes, they are. Because I think, I think they got the innovation necessary, what Mike McDaniel's doing. I think two, uh, two years in a row now, when healthy, like he's on, you know, he's up there with the leaders, okay? They've got the talent, because talent is what's going to get you there. The talent is everywhere, and it's only going to get better. Jalen Phillips now looks like he's back in his groove, opposite Bradley Chubb on the defensive line with Christian Wilkins. Then you look at Jalen Ramsey's return, the interception already, Xavier Howard's coming back, yeah. Javon Holland, like, they, Vic Fangio's got pieces on defense. Yeah. And then offensively. He's a great coach, man. He's, he's, he's a sound coach. Um, but I think offensively, like, they can really push the envelope for how they want to play the game. And if you've got a defense that can bail you out when it's not going great, bad weather, injuries, whatever, if you can get bailed out by – like, I think they've got enough there to be a serious contender. Is Chua the guy that can lead you through those January – you know, those he, that mountain of the playoff games. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've always believed in Tua. Uh, I think fundamentally he's as sound as any quarterback. Ball mechanics, footwork, release, vision. You know, like he's he's got all of it. He, he's just a and I remember talking to him at minicamp in June, and I was out there at practice. It's like everybody's sweating bullets out there in June in Miami, and uh, he must have run against air in one drill. Literally 40 bootleg fakes to the right and left, thrown to Tyreek, dragging across the field. So at the end of practice, we're having a question. I said, you think you got the bootleg fake down by any chance, Tua? He goes, oh, you watch that period. I go, Tua, like how many? He goes, he goes, I want to like get deeper into the playbook. But coach said, I can't get deeper in the playbook until I get the basics. And I think one of the things, because Mike McDaniel is very quirky, like I think one of the things that gets lost in his quirkiness is the demand for fundamentals of the game, the precision that the passing game has to be built upon. And so I think those are some of the things that get lost. His, his ability to put a motion and a shift in every play, where defensively your eyes are always moving, and it's three-card Monty sometimes about who has the ball. Now, the Eagles took care of all that because they just won the line of scrimmage that day. And, you know, that, that will be their challenge when they get a team that's physically – Better than better than them on both sides of the ball. Mike McDaniel's an interesting guy too. Like he looks like he you can see like his beautiful mind mm -hmm. kind of working. Like mm -hmm. he looked like he could take over the world. Like, like he's got that like almost James Bond like vil super villain. Well, so he's so different. Yeah, the mentality is like some coaches coach by fear. They coach by. You know, you could lose your job tomorrow. Yeah. Like, they coach using fear. Like, you know, they walk around with a tight ass all week long, and then their pregame speeches, let's go have fun. You know, and so, but Mike McDaniel is a psychologist. So his thing is triggering the things in your brain that make you feel good about yourself, that make you believe in your ability. Like, he's triggering things that I don't think a lot of coaches pay attention no, to. No, I, I think he's a brilliant guy. I, I, no, I'm, no, a, I, I'm impressed by him. But, you know, the thing he's always said is, he goes, look, when you look like me, which is your basic nerd, okay, when you look like me, you have to be better than everybody else. Yeah. 
to get guys to believe in you. Yeah. And I, 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 I know. Like, I, I'm good friends with Taron Armstead and, and Javon Holland. And they, they love the guy. Yeah. They, they really respond to him. Yeah, that's cool. All right, let's keep going. Buffalo, perennial contender. Mm-hmm. You know, Weird season, right, with Josh Allen. And, and it's just the offense has looked somewhat well, It's been up and down. It's been yeah. up and down. But the last game they played, they really, like, like uh, Khalil Shakir had a great game. Yeah. He, he was yeah. targeted six times, had six catches. I think what they need to do is just get away from this idea that it's all Stephon Diggs. Like, and that's not to knock Diggs. Diggs leads the league in receptions, I think. But he's going to get his. But I, you've got to get, you know, you got to get the, the Dalton Kincaid. You got to get Shakir. You got to get Gabe Davis. You got to get these guys. I was guys happy involved. I saw Dalton Kincaid last week. Huh? I was but, happy I saw him. You know, the big touchdown catch. Did. And I think Josh has to just. Be Josh, honestly. It sounds cliche, but like he can't say because I had too many turnovers last year. I have to change. He can't change the way he plays. Like you have to. I think he just has to play the way he plays because that's who he is, and he's aggressive. And I think he has to run. You can't say, "Well, I got to protect myself. I can't, you know, legislate injuries." <clears throat> he's got to be aggressive. He's got to be a part of the run game, and you know, he's he's a playmaker. He you is. need playmakers, he guys reminds, that can just play, make something happen out of nothing. He reminds me of a uh, combo guard, and yet like a supremely talented, like that just needs the ball in his hand, and he's going to create. Mm-hmm. Now he'll turn the ball over, he'll do certain things, but ultimately he's great, mm-hmm. and he's got to be great. I there was a sign in in at Buffalo, where, you know. Run, Josh, run, and I, I think you're right. I think yeah. he has to do that. He's got. He, he can't just you know hand it to James Cook and throw it to Stone. I think he's got to be a, an integral part of the run game. We talked uh, yesterday about their defense, and they you know you got Rasul Douglas for the secondary. Is your defense good enough to kind of you know go into Kansas City and win, or take on this Dolphins team and win? I think they're susceptible to teams that can run the ball really well that can just pound you. They, they always have been. You know, Ed Oliver's not the biggest guy. They don't have the biggest horses inside. You know, Terrell Bernard is a good player, but, you know, he's 220 pounds. Like, I think they're susceptible to teams that can really run it. Now, because you can run the ball well, it doesn't mean you're going to put up 30 points and beat them. But that seems like that's their weakness. And I think the way they play their zones, the way Sean coaches it, they're, you know, they've got playmakers everywhere. Um, and if they play defense with the lead and they don't let you get the ball over their head the way they're capable of doing um, and keep everything in front of them, they can be – they can be. you know, look, they should have beat Kansas City three years ago when they lost in overtime. So um, they, they, they can go on the road and win. I should say, could they beat the Bengals because of last year in the playoffs well, when they controlled – since they controlled the line of scrimmage. Yeah, they're going to play uh, next week. I think they play next week. That game that got suspended last year, yeah. obviously. So, like, that, that's that'll be one of the marquee matchups coming forward, and we get into November. All right, let's now go to the uh, the AFC North, and let's look at Baltimore. And uh, wow, I mean, Lamar's playing it's an electric football. Yeah, so he's a he's a real legit candidate to be the MVP. He's not going to run for twelve hundred yards, but he doesn't need to. His throwing, I think he's become a better passer. Zay Flowers has been an incredible young player. 
He still's got Mark Andrews. Bateman is waking up. They're not a run. I, I think they're getting away from that whole run identity thing. I think they can still do it with Gus Edwards and yeah. some of the guys they have, but I think they're morphing slowly because they're throwing a lot of short passes and getting big gains. And Lamar is still the ultimate playmaker with the ball in his hands. So they have that going for him. And then defensively, um, they've given up the fewest touchdowns in the league. They play the best red zone defense in football. Um, they hired Chuck Smith to be their pass rush specialist. They'd lead the league in sacks. They just have a lot of really strong elements going for them. They play Seattle this week at home because uh, I'm going to be doing a game. It's it's a great test for them because Seattle's hot. They're a good team. They're going to find out a little bit more about themselves because these division games with Cincinnati, you know, um, Cleveland the following week comes to visit. They're going to, you know, they're going to get tested. It's amazing. Well, you're thinking about the offseason, and there's all that talk about, you know, is Lamar going to leave? And, you know, will they be able to re- – where they're going to resign him? Harbaugh, all this stuff. And then you turn around and boom, Ravens. So, you know, it's interesting about that because anybody could have taken a run at Lamar. You think about all the quarterback challenge teams in this league. Yeah. They could have had him. And they all said, no, we're fine. Okay. Well, look at where some of these teams are. Remember, like, Atlanta. Yeah. Was in, like – why wouldn't Atlanta do it? Like, nothing against Desmond Ritter, but you're up and you're down with him. Imagine if Lamar was in Atlanta with what they have. Bijan, Drake, Pitts, defensively what they have. Like, if Lamar was running that show in Atlanta, like, they might be unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah, they'd be ridiculous. All right, so we talked about Cincinnati and how the Bengals are back and, you know, we were gushing over that win yesterday. Um, where we talked about them beating San Francisco. So you got Baltimore, you got Cincinnati. Anybody else? Browns, Pittsburgh in that division? I just contenders I, I, or no. I, I think both teams have pieces. You know, uh, Pittsburgh. Had, well, we'll talk about them a little bit when we. But Pittsburgh just lost to Jacksonville, you know, last Sunday, and they were plus three in the turnover ratio. They took it away four times. They gave it up once. They're plus three, and they scored ten points. <clears throat> I mean. They're off, they've scored 14 points in the first quarter in seven games. Like, the quarterback and the offense is just challenged. It's seven weeks now. It can still get fixed. But I don't see Kenny Pickett and the way that offense is constructed right now being able to stay with Baltimore and Cincinnati. And I feel the same way about Cleveland. Cleveland's defense can be as good as anybody's on any given Sunday. And they might have the defensive player of the year in Miles Garrett. All that stuff is there. And Jim Schwartz is a proven coach. Um, I I don't know I don't know when Deshaun jo- uh, Watson is going to get healthy because he's not healthy. The interceptions he threw against Indianapolis were just they that that's what pop gun arm quarterbacks do. Yeah, it's not healthy. So I don't know even when he gets healthy, I don't know if he's going to be good enough. Then and, and I mean if you're looking at Lamar and Joe Burrow, you're looking at two guys that could be MVP of this league. Like neither team has quarterbacks at that level. All right, so let's go to the AFC South. And when we look at contenders, clearly it's Jacksonville. Is Jacksonville a, a team that can come out of the AFC? I love what Doug Peterson's doing. The, you know, I was talking to Kurt Warner today, and I'm not name dropping here, but we were just talking about offenses and how broken a lot of offenses are in his business right now. And it's really hard to watch. And one thing about Jacksonville is the offense makes sense. The, the players, you know, they, they all know Evan Ingram knows his role. Travis Etienne knows his role. And 
And you got sunshine, too. I, mean, I love Lars. They just picked up Ezra Cleveland. You know, they're yeah. just upgrading the offensive line. Um, and Trevor is just – he's a gamer. He's just a gamer. He was last year in, in the comeback win. He was against Kansas City the following week. Like, that team – and they're – you know, they just think about what they did. I, I, know, I know you know this, but, like, you go to London for two weeks. You come back on a short week. You beat the Colts. You go to New Orleans on a short week and beat the Saints in New Orleans. And then you beat Pittsburgh last week. Like, that's a five-game stretch of travel, like, inconvenience, all that stuff. And they just, you know, they just – and defensively, Trayvon Walker looks better. Josh Allen's playing great. Like, uh, Foya Luaquan is a star. This D. Williams at corner is electric. Like, they've got pieces. Yeah, I go back to the quarterback, too. Like, I, I, I love watching him play a position. You, know, when he Cle- you and I talked about when he was coming out of Clemson. He, I mean, he was Andrew Luck. I mean, that was well. I mean, even if you go like he was from Cartersville, Georgia. So you know, when he was in eighth grade, he went to play spring football for the ninth grade team. And so he's in eighth grade, but he's 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 at the ninth grade and spring practice, and he wins the job in eighth grade for the ninth grade for the varsity team. Wait, so he's in eighth grade, and he's he's going to the varsity spring practice. And practicing with the team and wins the job. And, and I didn't know that story. Yeah. That story is unbelievable. He started 54 straight games for Cartersville, Georgia. It was 52 and 2. So even before he ever got to Clemson, um, you know, win a national championship, all that stuff, he wow. won the job as an eighth grader. The varsity job. The varsity job. Oh my God. That's so that's talk- one of the most amazing stories. That's an amazing like, story. Like we- because you know, physically. Ah. You're- you know, you're in eighth grade. Like, you can't compete with, you know, 18-year-old no. kids. <clears throat> but he could. So that's kind of like, you know, the microscope he's always been under. Yeah. And now he's got, you, you know, Doug. Yeah. Doug is uh, the ultimate collaborator. Yeah. You know, he's got all his buddies with him there. Like, it's just a think tank of football. And, you know, they've they've got good pieces, man. You know, Christian Kirk is a really valuable piece. Good, and they've, good player, good man. Good player. Evan Ingram is a, like, he was hard. Like he just, they just didn't play him right. Yeah, Ridley, who can play Ridley. So playmaker. you know, and, and they, they're, you know, knock on wood, but they've been fairly healthy. Yeah, you know, and so um, there's just a lot to like about him. You know, it's funny because you you brought up Doug as a collaborator, and, I, and goes back to to Philly, Philly in the Super Bowl. When, yeah, like when Nick, he's looking at his chart, chart. and Full says he's like, you want to run Philly, Philly. And he, he looks and he goes, yeah, yeah, let's do it. What coach, you've been around these dudes forever. What coach in the Super Bowl with that kind of play? So Doug's got the, he's got his sheet there. And Nick Foles comes over and he suggests Philly Philly. So I talked to Doug about it. He had Philly Philly on his chart, but on fourth and one. They were at the two. So these coaches are just that maniacal, right? Yeah. So fourth and two, that wasn't the play. Fourth and one, we can run the play. But the, so Doug had to make a decision. Well, we we've never done it from the two, we never practiced from the two, but we can do it. Like and so that was like his decision when he's looking at the chart. Yeah, let's go for it. You know, and it turned out to be obviously the thing that won the game for him. I, and and it's still, we, I always respected about it was, you know, taking somebody else's idea, and rolling with it, like and going. You know what, Mike? I'm believing my quarterback. Well, that's a guy that doesn't have an ego. So, like, you know, here at NFL Films, like, on any given Sunday, they have X amount of players or coaches wired up. So, every once in a while, we get time. Like, I'll just listen to some of the wires. So, 
back then in Philly, you know, I would listen to some of the wires of Doug because I remember I was doing this piece with him for uh, NFL film sessions. <clears throat> and so I was wanting to see what he was like game day. So I started listening to some of the games. And, you know, he's, he's talking to Stout. You know, he's talking to Press Taylor. Like, he's got all these guys, and he's taking input from everybody. And, and But he's still calling the play, definitive in the play. But, you know, when the defense is out there, he's listening to the input. <clears throat> that's what I said. He's like the master collaborator. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great depiction. All right, anybody else in the South that you like? I, like, you know, look, it, the, the Colts, I think Jonathan Taylor is just getting started. Yeah. Like, he, he's, he's going to run through some teams. But they're just going to be limited. Gardner's a good backup player. They're just going to be limited. Um, I don't think they can compete right now. Houston has obviously improved. But losing to Carolina last week, I was like, they're not ready yet. No. Nah. So, they will be. I, I like them a lot. Yeah, no, there's future. lots of like. You love Stroud. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you talked about Nico Collins yesterday. Who? Yeah, I think I like Tank Dell. Tank Dell has been been. You know, they've they've got yeah. Robert Woods. They've got their pecking order. Yeah. <clears throat> they're putting it together. I think D'Amico's been excellent. Um, he, yeah, I'm he, a big D'Amico fan. Yeah, and they're they're building a good culture there. I, I think they're a year away uh, from that. Will Anderson and the guys they have on defense. They're 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 coming. This Jonathan Greener is a great player, young player. You know, defensive outside linebacker for him. So they've got pieces. But I don't think they're they're ready to compete yet. No, no coach like D'Amico has the traps like it. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many shrugs? That's what linebackers are supposed you know, to look like. No uh, necks. Right. Uh, how many shrugs? Oh man, still couldn't get it. I tried to do it. Yeah. Um. All right. Out west, Kansas City, and uh, we know where where is where are the Chiefs? Do, do they still need something else, or do? You, do you think they're I fine? just, I just, no, I don't think they're fine. I don't. Because, okay. uh, you know, if, look. Offensively, I'm talking about. No, I know. Yeah. But defensively, I think they're the best they've been in a long time. It's since they started winning the Super Bowl. And Spags has been. Spags is, is, is but he's got more to work with. All those young kids are grown up now. He's got two corners. He's a great teacher, man. He, he's, he's done a good job. But I think offensively, I'm not sure Kadarius Tony, Rishi Rice, Sky Moore is – Marcus Valdez, Scantling. You just go through the guys and you just come, okay, you got Kelsey. What are you going to depend upon? And I, I feel like, you know, losing to Denver, like offensively, you know, going back to the Jets game, you just look at these games. They're not dynamic right now. And if you're just asking Mahomes to just make plays to win and use Andy Reid's, you know, ingenuity, uh, which is considerable, I don't know that they have enough right now offensively. Like, yeah. I think they're still the team I to beat. One more weapon, one more toy for Andy. Because, you you know, listen, nobody can design plays like Andy. Like, he's incredible at his play design. And I just thought, man, one more piece, one more piece w- would make them, again, unstoppable. Well, uh, you know, if they, if the defense keeps improving the way it is, um, they might get more takeaways. And if you give Mahomes extra at bats and short fields, like, that might be the missing piece. And I guess the only other team that is worth talking about in that division is the Chargers. But, I mean, with that coach, I, I just don't understand. I don't know what they do. I, I mean, just don't get it. I mean, they just the, – the talent's there. The quarterback is elite. He makes throws sometimes. I go, wow. Like, he, he can your do all just – yeah. your tongue scrapes the ground. No I mean, it just does. But, they, you know, they don't they – don't, run the ball particularly well. Um, they have had chances at the end of these games, Tennessee, 
uh, Miami to win the game, and they just can't drive the field and go put that winning drive together to do it. And then they just play zones. Like, I, I don't know what they're teaching, but they, they just break down in the back end of their defenses constantly. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the NFC, and let's go to the elite of the NFC right here across the bridge uh, from us, the Birds. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, they, they, they're just a stacked team. They're just a stacked team. I mean, they're stacked on both sides of the line. You haven't even seen the best yet of Jalen Carter. He doesn't even start yet, oh and he's their best defensive lineman. So he's only he's only going to get We better. were watching at one point. Oh, my God. I mean, he, when he comes at you, yeah. just run. Right? Like, just run away. He he is. Oh you know, he's so fast. He's, uh, you know, if you look at the way he's built, he's built perfectly for a defensive tackle. You know, he's he's very, very thick. Like, his balance is, is incredible. But, like, from the waist down, he doesn't have – he's not, like, high cut. Right. You know, he's got a tremendous base. Right? And then he's – like, he moves big people. You just see big people move when he hits them. <clears throat> and – for you know, he's from Apopka, Florida, and it's the same town as Warren Sapp. And so I put baby Sapp, I put Sapp on him. I'm like, you know, he wanted to work with him some, but I don't think this kid needs mentoring like that. He has an advanced idea how to rush a passer already. So, but you know, look, they added Kevin Byer. I think he's going to help. You know, the defensively, we haven't seen them shut anybody down yet. And so, you know, Washington's putting up numbers. You know, the Jets find a way to you know to score. To, you know. It's, like, I'm, I'm waiting for the defense because they, they've been so banged up in so many different combinations. But A.J. Brown is an unstoppable force right now. We, we uh, You put on the tape and we were watching A.J. And, I mean, wow. I, I, I got to tell you, I, I thought he was good. I mean, I, in, when he was in Tennessee, he's a different player. Yeah. He's, he's even more elevated. Well, he, he, he you know they have those 50-50 jump balls. Yeah. He's not losing these jump balls. Yeah. He's not losing him. Jalen completely trusts him. And, you know, he worked on his speed this year and explosiveness. And I don't – yeah, he's not as fast as Tyreek Hill. But coming out of his breaks, he's as fast as Tyreek. And, look, Tyreek is a different animal. He's the cheetah. But I don't know anybody. No double team can stop him. Like, Jalen's still going to throw it up there. Washington tried to double team him a couple times the other day. Just took the ball off the rim. Like, physically, he just – you're a 180-pound corner. He's just going to out-physical you. Yeah, he'll post you off. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's amazing. Like, we always used to talk about, you know, basketball on grass, yes. right? And, you know, it, it that's A.J. Brown. I mean, A.J. Brown is LeBron. Right? Like, you watch the way he uses his position. And he wants the ball. Athletic. He does. He, he wants he it. He attacks it, man. He snatches it. He's got such strong hands. Yes. Well, I that's, you know, one it. thing that, you know, Jalen always liked about him was he had a lot of receivers that were body catchers. Yeah. And, Jaylen, and A.J. catches everything here, up yeah. here, here. So, well, so even if you're a patch Sertan and you're long, like if you're coming over the top of him and A.J.'s coming back to the ball, you're not getting the ball out of his hands. And I was watching uh, this little thing with Chris Carter. He was talking to DeAndre Hopkins about catching a ball. And, you know, Chris Carter was one of the great one-handed catchers of all time. But he used to work on his grip strength. And I feel like A.J. Brown, like he had one hand a catch the other day. Like his grip strength with the ball is as good as anybody's in this business. And sometimes that's the way you have to, you have to hold somebody off and you got to one hand and catch it. 
And when he plays like that, he's almost indefensible. Yeah. And then, you know, it's funny because next to him you got Devontae. Mm -hmm. The way DeAndre Swift's run the ball mm -hmm. and got her. I mm -hmm. mean, that we go back to that offense and you look at it and, you know, with that offensive line. I, I mean, know, obviously, it's, 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 offense in football. it's just going to be the health of Jalen going forward. You know, he's been bugged by a few things this year. Yeah. And we've seen, we've seen, you know, he's not running the way he once did. And maybe that's good. I don't know what it is yet. But I think it's, you know, he look, he had the shoulder last year. He had the ankles the year before. Like, you know, his health is is everything. You know, like, if they got to go to anybody else back there, you know, like, man, that's everywhere. But, you know, you just if Jalen takes care of himself and, you know, he holds up, then they're going to be the team to beat. All right, so now we're in week nine. How do you think Brian Johnson has kind of found himself at OC, his relationship obviously very close with Jalen, uh, what well, is that offense in your mind right now? I think, you know, I, I think there's there's still some juggling going on. Because, you know, you can't be Jalen's best friend and be his mentor and coach. Like, there's some hard decisions to make. Game day, preparation, in the heat of a moment, two-minute drill. There's, there's things where you have to tell Jalen, no, no, do, do this. And, and not that Jalen's blowing Brian off. He's not. But, like, you just want to know that Brian is going to coach you hard to get the best out of you. And sometimes that's not being your friend. Sometimes that's, you know, that's being, like, getting your boots stuck up your butt. So I think there's still a balance there between that. How about uh, Devontae? Because uh, he hasn't looked in the last month or so. Again, like, this team, this offense has been just so potent. So, you know, we're going to be – we're, like, nitpicking here, but – Devontae. Well, I mean, like, you know, these guys, they need targets. You know, if you're yeah. not throwing to him, like he does, he's not feeling a part of it, He's but he's not a, a complainer or anything like that. And so everybody wants a piece of it. So Devontae, look, he had some drops, you know, in the jet game that were crucial, you know. And, and so is that a concentration drop? What is that? You know, that's never going to build confidence in anybody. You drop balls in the middle of the field. I thought he had two big drops against the Jets. I'm not picking on that. Everybody drops passes. But, you know, I, I, I feel like, Troy Aikman said this on Monday night, looking at the Raiders, and this is just true. Like, you can't force feed these guys. You have to let the defense dictate where you go with the ball. And if defenses give you the go shot to AJ, you take the go shot. But like, you can't say, Devontae, we're going to make you right. feel good today. Right, right. Like, the game dictates yeah. if you're going to get the action. The matchup does. You're right on. Yeah. So, here's the question. As we look at the, the contenders in the NFC, who's number two? We talked about the Niners a lot yesterday and lost three in a row. We talked about the Lions a lot yesterday. But who's the second team? Is it the team the Eagles play on Sunday? Dallas, is it somebody else? Who is the number two team? I think the dark horse right now, and I'm not saying they're number two, but I think the dark horse is Seattle. Because wow, that's interesting. Because yeah. they, they've got a proven coach. They've got a system. They Their system is we draft and we develop and we play. And um, there's a certain vision about how Pete wants to play the game. If they want to put three tight ends out there and just pound you, they got three good tight ends. If you want to spread it out with Tyler Lockett and DK and Jackson Smith, they can do all that. If you want to run it in combination of Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet, you can do that. Like, and then defensively, they, they're loading up. 
Their secondary, I think, is going to be really good before the season's it's end. Amazing. Another legion of boom they're yeah. going to have. So I just think like that's a team. If you even look at the playoff game last year against San Francisco, like Geno Smith is taking the team down the field. It's a one-score game. It's late in the third quarter. And they're driving the ball. And Charles Amato, who comes on a stunt, and he gets the ball in Geno's hands, fumbled, Nick recovers it, and they go down and score, and the game changes. But they, they, they go toe-to-toe with San Francisco. They, and, they, you know, they're a division game. They know each other real well. Um, so I would say that's the dark horse. But I still feel like the 49ers, um, and you just saw a couple weeks ago what they did to Dallas. I feel like that team is going to get right. All right, so where are the Cowboys? Cowboys are right there. Like, you know, they're that goes nuts. They, their offense goes nuts against the Rams on Sunday. They 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 feel like that kind of front runner team where yes. they can look great. When things are rolling, they're rolling, right? Yeah. But the minute things get tougher, the minute they start to struggle a little bit, that's when they got a they got a pick six from Duran. They got a block pump by Sam Williams yeah. last week, and they just steamrolled. Yeah, they're like the, that basketball team, high school basketball team that played in a small gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and everybody's just running and dunking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, how the hell are we going to beat this team? And they're like that. I, I feel like the key, honestly, though, is you know Dak gets picked apart. Look, he's a quarterback in Dallas. It's, it goes to the territory. But I feel like when they get CD going, like that offense opens up, and he was targeted 15 times the other day. The Rams aren't a bad defense. But, like, he got rolling, and the offense rolled. And I feel like they, they, they're as good as what CD gives them. Yeah, it's interesting because when he's busy, it does feel that way. Like, when he's getting the ball, they, he's a dynamic player. Pollard works better better off of it because it opens up the run game. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, everything kind of flows. Well, they, like, they're sustaining you know, offense. Like they're, they're West Coast offense. Like, that they, they – Kind of sold out to the West Coast offense a little bit. I mean, yeah. that was the big change, right? And, and they want to—they'd like to run it better, but I, you know, like they're, they're still playing without. They, you know, we'll see what happens to Tyron Smith, yeah. but uh, you know, I think they—they—they they, they need him in there. Um, but I—I I feel like Dallas on any given day, because they got so much speed on defense, um, they could be a factor. But you know, if, if they want to play four safeties on defense, like they like to play with this Marquise Bell, um, you got to run them out of it. You got to make them pay for playing smaller, faster guys. But when you let that speed take over, like it's blinding how fast they are. All right. Coming up, we got to get into Baldy's three meets. <laughs> All right. These are the top three performers that caught Baldy's eyes from uh, last week. So we're going to get it. In fact, you should give those guys tomahawks. Tomahawks. Right. Okay. Because tomahawk steaks. You, nobody makes a tomahawk steak like you. Yeah, I mean, I just salt and give me a hot grill, you know, and I, you know, eight minutes later, we're ready to go. We're in his backyard, and he's got, like, it's like like, uh, Eden in his backyard, (laughs) right? He's got the greenhouse. He's got the big pool, right? He's got the garden. He's got the grill, and he's got cold beer, right? So... You you remember you yeah. you you had the tomahawk steaks. Somebody sent you a shit. Somebody sent me a load, yeah, right. Like a, they shipped him a bunch of tomahawks. So he cooks perfectly, by the way. And he and I, I think he actually opened up a nice bottle of wine. He and I are sitting there with literally no fork, no knife, just grabbing a bone, <laughs> just grabbing a bone and you know and just gnawing on it. <laughs> it was the best freaking steak. I ever had in my life. It was it was ridiculous. 
Well, you protein, right? No, nope, that's protein. all I eat right now. I'm a carnivore. Yeah. I'm just eating steak, <laughs> steak and eggs. That's it. That's all I've eaten for the last. I haven't had a vegetable in three months. We'll see what happens. That's the greatest. I might drop right here one of these days. So we'll see. <laughs> that's the best. All right, Baldy Street meets. We'll also preview the Thursday night game, Steelers and Titans for a little Thursday night football. Okay. All right, so each week. When you go over the tape now, before we get into this, explain to people your day. So Sunday you're doing a game. I do games on Sunday. So last Sunday I was in Seattle. So I'm doing Seattle Cle and Cleveland. And Seattle, you know, wins at the very end, came down to the basically the final drive. And then uh as soon as the game ended, since uh, I took the red eye back here. So the red eye was at eleven. The game ended at four fifteen. So at four thirty I started I plugged in my computer. And I started watching the 1 o'clock games. <clears throat> so I watched the Eagles in Washington. I watched Cincinnati and San Francisco. I, I mean, I watched a, a bunch of the games. So I started kind of getting an idea of, like, what happened. I, I was able to get through four games, took notes in all the games. I landed here at 7 o'clock on Monday morning. I came straight here. So I, I, I plugged the, the games on. I started going through each game. So I had a couple assignments I had to do for some teams and then for the NFL. So I knocked out a bunch of the assignments. Sent them all out, made the videos for them, narrated them, whatever. But I just started sitting down here Monday at uh, 8 o'clock in the morning, and I worked straight through till 9. I had the Monday night game on over here. And then uh, I went home, slept a little bit. I got up and started at 6 o'clock this morning on, on, on Tuesday, and I got through the rest of the game. So I was able, I'm trying to watch. There were 16 games this week. There was no buys. So I tried to um, watch all games. And, so, you know, some I spend more time on yeah. than others. And, you know, like Denver, like I wanted to see Denver's defense against Kansas City. So I really studied that hard. You know, I wanted to see what uh, Cincinnati did to, to to San Francisco. It was a big game. I wanted to really study that. So, you know, some games I looked, you know, the Jets-Giants game, it was just set football back a long time. You know, they, oh, both teams tried to play without horrible. a quarterback. Oh, my God. So I tried to just concentrate on the defenses and what they were doing. So, you know, every game has a different field. And then sometimes what you're trying to do, when you're just like sitting there and watching, and literally, just so everybody knows, like this is a, a cowboy clicker. So I got the clicker in my hand, and honestly, like I'm just like going through plays, and then you you and you you got like your play sheet here and yeah. all that kind of. So you're kind of looking at all that, and then you'll see a, a player. We're going to get to him in this meet here, and he's the slot defender for Denver. And I'm watching Denver take the ball away five times from Kansas City. You know Andy Reid, five takeaways in a game. You count them in you know one hand. How many times they've ever done that? So, you know, but like all of a sudden, some guys just jump out the screen at you. And you're like, I didn't know this one player. So I, I then I, I Googled him. I looked up his, you know, history, where he came from, free agent, undrafted, okay, been starting the last th four weeks. You know, and I'm, I'm just, now I'm starting to get to know the player because I didn't know him before, right? But this, the film tells you, you got to get to know this guy. Like, and then he intercepts a Mahomes pass. And, you know, and so that's that's the week. The week is, honestly, I'm sitting here entertaining, entertaining myself, <laughs> making videos all day long, whatever. And I'm all I'm these breakdowns. Doing, make sure you follow them so, on Instagram and Twitter. So it, it could be anything. It could be a, a technique. It could be a, a great play. It could be a, a, a guy had a breakout game. It could be why why does why can the Raiders can why can they score a point? You know, it could be anything. So you know the the, the tape dictates what I digest. And so each week, like I write down four or five guys.
that really popped off the screen that deserves some kind of mention, you know? And so I try to give it to him. That's awesome. All right, well, this is it. We're going to offer, uh, like we said, Tomahawk steaks. So, you know, we were uh, always had fun with the meat locker. So these are Baldy's three meats of the week, mm-hmm. as told by the tape. So, good number let's one. Start, let's start with that game in, in Denver, because yeah. that was a shock. Like, you know, Mahomes and Kansas City had beaten Denver 12 straight times. Um, so, but they, they held them, you know, they, they really kept the score down. So I'm watching the slot defender, the nickelback, Jaquan McMillan. Okay, and he's been taking over like about the last four games, and he had he had, he had an interception of Mahomes. Okay, so that's always a good thing. Uh, they don't have a lot of team interceptions in Denver, and then he had three tackle for losses behind the line of scrimmage, where you go, okay, how did he make? They, he defeated blocks, read the play, and then he flew the ball and got you know Isaiah Pacheco down in the open field. Like he, he jumped off the screen. I'm like, you know, that was a great defensive performance. Nick Benito, you know, Baron Browning. You know, uh, Jer- Josie Jewell. You go through the list of the guys, and you're like, oh, Justin Simmons. Like, all of a sudden, the defense that gave up 70 points just four or five weeks ago keeps the number one offensive football, you know, out of the end zone. I mean, that was the stunner of the week. Yeah, just no question. Stunner, stunner of the week. <clears throat> all right, meet number two. Okay, so, you know, Jacksonville took care of Pittsburgh. And I've been watching – Jacksonville's on a five-game win streak. And they're playing very well defensively. And, you know, people, Josh Allen's got, you know, like nine sacks, you know, and he's popping. And Foyer Aluaquan yeah. has led the league in tackles two years in a row, and he's a great player. <clears throat> but this D. Williams, number 31, is, a, is their outside corner. And he loves the challenge of going up against George Pickens, like the best. And, you know, he, he's been playing great. But in this game against Pittsburgh, it didn't matter if it was – Deontay Johnson or George Pickens, he defended four passes. He leads the league in passes defense. So, anyways, I did this breakdown on him, and he literally not just defended four passes, but he dropped two interceptions. So I, I said, "Look, D, I, I did this breakdown. I'm like, dude, you better get on the jugs machine this week because you're like, you've got three interceptions, but you should have had five at the end of this game. You should have had two. So you get these opportunities for these picks. You could lead the league in interceptions and passes defense. So D. Williams, and plus, <clears throat> he, he's a good tackler. Um, like he's, like he could do everything. But his his thing is right now, like he can defend at the corner position as well as anybody. All right, meet number three. So the Cowboys were going up against the Rams this week, and you know the Rams had the leading receiver in the league in Puka Nakua, right? And Puka's he, he came in with 58 catches. And Cooper Cup, we know, led the league two years ago in, in all every area, right? Touchdowns, yards, receptions, the whole thing. So we knew Stafford had targets. <laughs> you know, and this 2-2 Atwell has really come on as a third yeah. receiver. So, you know, that was the matchup. Like, could Dallas's secondary and the pass rush affect Matt Stafford? So, you know, I'm watching Deron Bland, who's taken over as a starter outside for Trayvon Diggs, you know, who got hurt early in the year. And, you know, Deron Bland um, has his uh, his fourth interception of the season and his third interception for a touchdown. And, you know, he picks Matt Stafford now. I mean, this is Super Bowl MVP. Like, he picks him clean on the pick six, and then he's all over Puka Nakua and, and Cooper Cup. And you go, like, you know, Stephon Gilmore's been the defensive player of the year, and he's still a really good player. 
But Deron Bland is all over the place. And he's running with the, they're playing man coverage and he's covering these guys across the field and he's running stride for stride. And you're like, I didn't, you know, this was a fifth round pick last year. Like Deron Bland, to me, is the defensive MVP of that team. And that includes Micah Parsons and Donovan Wilson, a lot of good players. But right now, Deron Bland is, uh, you know, he's the guy that the Eagles, you should pay attention to him this week against the Eagles. Hmm. All right. Baldy's three meets who stood out every week will highlight the three guys who get Tomahawk steaks. So we need a sponsor. We need a sponsor. We'll work we, on that. And this way you could send those guys a box of Tomahawk. Yeah. No, that'd be great. That'd be a great gift. I mean, the people will be fighting for that. <laughs> All right. By the way, what's your trick of, of put steak on a grill? By the way, you make good ribs, too. Yeah, no, I mean, your ribs, you just got to boil the ribs, you know, and then just you just got to put them on a hot flame. But, you know, the meat is, if you got good meat, um, it, it, it's you should just put it on a hot flame, you know, like four minutes, depending on the thickness, four or five minutes aside, and just salt it. That's all I do. That's it? That's all they do in Brazil and in Argentina, some of the meat capitals of the world. Well, listen, we, we will get into travel because Baldi is a world traveler. Yes. So and I and having two kids, uh, I don't. <laughs> That's to live by Karis, right? So I I need Baldy stories, all right. So he'll regale you with all kinds of great travel stories as well. All right, it's Thursday. That means it's time for Thursday night football, Steelers and Titans. All right, so DeAndre Hopkins, wow, yeah, Will Levis, wow, like it's unreal. First of all, I heard a lot of great things about Will Levis. Too. So, you know, I remember when he was at the Combine this year, Cuz, and somebody interviewed him and said, you know, what do you want to get out of this? And he said, I've got a cannon, and I want to show the cannon off. Well, on Sunday, he showed his cannon off. And, you know, the 61-yard touchdown to DeAndre Hopkins, the 41 or 49-yard touchdown, to the first one. But the last one, to Nick Westbrook, a kind, is – Honestly, God, like I'm not making this comparison, but it reminded me of John Elway. Mm. John Elway used to roll to his right, roll protection, and throw across the field to Rod Smith for 60-yard touchdowns or whoever was there, right. Shannon, whoever was there. And this kid made a throw across the field to Nick Westbrook and Kai, and both the corner and the safety are running with them. And the ball, you know, they're all running to the ball. And he just put it across the, the uh, completely across the field. I don't know, sixty yards, sixty-five yards, dropped right into Westbrook and Kine's hands. It was a stunning throw. But the thing that jumped out at me was, like, yes, I'm talking about the the three or four that he connected on, but they took four or five more other shots that they didn't connect on. But it said to me that they could play that brand of football if they could continue to run the ball like they did. And then I started looking at the whole setup. So you got the rookie quarterback, okay, Levis. You've got a rookie running back from Tulane in Tajay Spears, yeah. who had some big runs. Yeah. You got a rookie left guard in uh, uh, Skaronsky, okay, He's, and he played excellent. And then the king, Derrick Henry, he ran for 102 yards. <clears throat> so they ran the ball better than they had been running it, and then they got the big shots. So Mike Rabel comes out this week and he's like, you know, we're looking at Ryan Tannehill. It's over. Like to me, you got to put Will Levis out there. Yeah. That, that means yeah. not even an answer. Right. Like, I, you know, maybe he goes backwards. Maybe he throws. He didn't make one mistake. He had 29 passes, 
He got sacked twice. <clears throat> he didn't make a mistake. He didn't put the ball on the ground. He didn't make a bad throw. He made good decisions. He was very impressive. Very impressive debut. Four touchdown passes, no interceptions. I mean, he was as good as anybody all week. So, you know, and then on the other side of this game, and, oh, and by the way, so they're scoring points. All of a sudden, a defensive line that is elite with Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Autry, <clears throat> Harold Landry, like they got six or seven sacks. All of a sudden, defensively, they woke up. I think they were like, okay, we can score points. You know, we're going to have, we got 21 points on the board. Let's get after the quarterback. We got the lead. And they did. You know, it's interesting. What, what did you think of Levis coming out? Well, I thought, you know, he was hurt his last year at Kentucky. <clears throat> so, he, he, you know, I don't know how bad, but, you know, they said the shoulder wasn't right. Yeah. But the year before, he looked, he was he really good. He was. He was very good. And they were good. They were good as yeah. a team. So, you had to kind of like, you know, you have to, it's a two-year starter. But he looked like he processed information quickly. It looked like he went through reads quickly. He looked like he knew what he was looking at. And then he had the cannon to get the ball to him. And so, like, <clears throat> you know, they drafted Malik Willis the year before. Like, he's never looked like that. No. Now, he came out of Liberty, you know, and he was, you know, but he was talented and he could run, but he can't, he can't throw it like that. So, um, I feel like, look, it's one game. We've all seen guys have a game, two games, whatever. Um, and then, you know, they get it handed to them. And Pittsburgh has got that kind of defense where, you know, TJ can turn it up and let's see what he, what he does if he's getting, you know, clocked pretty good. So, uh, but, I, but I, I think Tennessee, you know, people thought they might be sellers here and let people go. You know, they let Bayer go. But, you know, I think they can, you know, they can compete and play right now if he plays like that. It's funny. I remember the dra- leading up to the draft, there was a lot of talk that, Maybe he would be the second yes. quarterback. There was all like a yes. lot of that rumor. There was like how how people were on him. Yeah, that you know that that would possibly be the he case. could go in front of C.J. Stroud or yeah. Yes, there was all, a lot of that. Yeah, a lot of that chatter. But you know Richardson, they just fell in love with his talent and he he played really well until yeah. he got hurt. So we'll see. But Pittsburgh, you know, to this game, like the offense is a mix is just a mess. And the timing we showed, I showed you one play down on the eight-yard line last week. You know, the the, the timing is bad. Um, people with the offense coordinator fired. The first three plays of the game, like, they're all there. Like, the, you know, you get a bad holding call. The tackle's beat. Deontay Johnson down the middle of the field is wide open. They just barely miss it. You know, and then they have a drop pass on third down. Like, they're not executing at any kind of a level right now. And they can't run the ball. Like, Dan Moore starting at left tackle. Chuka's starting at right tackle. And they – they got beat bad by Jacksonville last week. They did not play well up front. Well, let's get to the offensive coordinator because, you know, people look at Matt Canada and go, you know, your offense is so pedestrian. You know, you're not creative enough. Uh, you know, and you look and you go, I got Pickens who should be getting 15 targets a game. No doubt. And you go, what are you doing? I, I mean, yeah. I made Joe Ben. The Steeler fan yeah. is like, dude, Wacom Pickens isn't getting the looks. Yeah, I agree. Like, he, you know, he's uh, he scored the touchdown last week, you know, just ran ran right over somebody, uh, you know, on the way to the end zone. I mean, he's their star player, and they got to feed him more than they do. But, they, you know, they, you know, they, you, you could talk about offense coordinators, and maybe Matt Canada isn't the right guy. And I'm not here to defend Matt Canada, but they don't do the basics well, like slide protection. Right. We're in week eight, cuz. Right. 
Like they, they're breaking down in slide protection. I don't care if you have Kyle Shanahan. If, you, if you're breaking down in slide protection, something's not being taught right. Yeah. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see if they can get it right against Tennessee. Usually if they, when they win games right now, it's because the defense is basically creating all the big plays. Yeah. And like you said, you know, as good as Levis looked, you went up against that defense. That defense can change things. De- that defense can still own the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Like, like Sam Isles made a difference, but he didn't play great last week. They, they've got problems up front, and if you let Tennessee, like, get after you, they, they'll get after you. Like, yeah. they, they've got horses up there that can ruin your offense. Yeah. All right, we'll see. That's Thursday Night Football. Uh, look, tomorrow, don't miss it, our Football Friday, as uh, we'll preview Eagles-Dallas, mm-hmm. which is just going to be an incredible game. Seattle-Baltimore. Seattle-Baltimore, you'll be at. Two first-place teams at 5-2. and two. Something's yes. going to get decided. We're talking about pretenders. Contenders, like they might still be both contenders, but one of those teams is going to leave six and two. And we'll talk about Germany because, well, you uh, you called the last football game, in the final game, American football game so right I, in Germany. I, I called games in NFL Europe for ten years, from nineteen ninety seven to two thousand seven. The final game was the World Bowl in Frankfurt, and I did it with Bob Papa, who's the voice of the New York Giants. Yeah. Me and Bob. Went over to Frankfurt, and it was uh, the first of all the atmosphere. There's nothing that comes like it's it's like a World Cup atmosphere, okay? Of the two best teams, you know, in soccer, it's a World Cup atmosphere. The party starts five hours before. It, it will be an amazing atmosphere, and they like. I'm not criticizing the NFL, but they made a mistake by not going to Germany. They've been playing all these games in London, and it's great. It, it, it's been good. It's a big, you know, London's a great town. But the fans, the fanatical fans are in Germany. Well, and we'll talk about it tomorrow, but the relationship between the U.S. Army bases yes. that was there yep. that actually exposed the game. So, uh, well, I'm curious. I mean, it's a great game, right? It's Chiefs and Dolphins. So, I mean, wow. Those two Our buddy Steve it. Spagnola. He coached over in Frankfurt. Yes, he, he still wears a Frankfurt Galaxy yeah, jacket. Yeah, yeah. yes, the Galaxy kids. Right? Yeah. All right, uh, that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for hanging. Listen, if you guys got questions, feel free hit us up on social media. All right, Baldy can be reached at at Baldy NFL, B A L D Y NFL, and he's got a million followers. So any of your million followers, you want to ask a question. Just hit up all the – I'm at Anthony L. Gargano on uh, X, Twitter X, and uh, on Instagram. Anthony Lewis Gargano, hit us up, and uh, we'll answer your We'll questions. interact, man. We'll do it up. We're a family. But that's it. Well, and Baldy will maybe even make some Tom Oak steaks for you. <laughs> so thanks for hanging. We'll see you tomorrow. We all silly like the mayor.